Hello and welcome to the X-Files Revisited. I'm your host, Graham Davidson, and with me as always is Brian Womax. Join us as we systematically work our way through the full X-Files franchise. In each episode, we will tackle a single episode of the X-Files, so join along. Watch with us as we discuss each and every detail on the X-Files Revisited. Hello and welcome back to the X-Files Revisited. We are moving on with Season 3, Episode 11, Revelations. Now, Brian, tell us where this lands in the X-Files legacy. Well, I think it... I I, I would have expected it would have landed somewhere around the middle kind of ground. Mm-hmm. Um... I, I I think it's it's what obviously it deals quite heavily with religious themes, which right off the bat turns a lot of people off. Uh, however, it is a Scully centric episode, which mm-hmm. I think you know people like yourself kind of get more turned on by that. So um, I, I yeah, I would <laughs> I would have expected it to hit somewhere around the middle. So I'm quite surprised to find when I look at the IMDb ranking system that they've got for the episodes. Out of mm-hmm. the two hundred and odd episodes, it ranks at one hundred and eighty-two. So, right. so this, yeah, so basically sitting in the bottom kind of end of the yeah. series. So, as, as far as far as the rankings concerned, this is one of the the lower rated episodes, which surprises me. I'll be perfectly <laughs> honest. Right. I'll be perfectly honest. So, I, I'll be intrigued to see where you fall on that. Um, but okay. yeah, surprising. Okay. Right. Well, let's just jump into the episode. And it should be said that this was directed by David Nutter, and it's his last ever directing of an episode in the X Files. Oh, really? ah. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where he kind of steps out, which is a bit of a, a shame because he's done quite a lot of good episodes so far. He's, yeah, he's done some of our favourites across mm-hmm. across the past two seasons. So yeah. Yeah. So we've got a kind of. Interesting opening where we have a preacher played by the wonderful R. Lee Ermey. <laughs> and um, I was like, okay, I'm in an episode having R. Lee Ermey all the way through it. I can't wait for this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. good. He's gone and done before his name even comes up in the credits. Yes, yes. <laughs> so he does his little sermon. Uh, there's a strange older gentleman watching him who appears backstage. Uh, and then kills him. Yeah. So you've got the, the religious opening to this one, uh, the stigmata, the idea of this, which he was obviously uh, faking at the start of this, and the kind of older gentleman who seems to have some kind of power. Yeah. yeah. E- even even as a person of faith, I have to ask, how gullible was the congregation? <laughs> Actually, yeah. <laughs> like he's, he's giving, he's giving this like you know speech where it's it's all yeah. perfectly set up for it, and then it's there's no ev- it's no real evidence that you nope. know on the back of his hands there. He's just he's clearly crushing some kind of blood pouches. It's just like I I would you know even as a person of faith, I would want to see more evidence yes. uh, to, to know this guy isn't a quack. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I to be honest. I didn't quite recognise Ali Ermi at first. I was like, I know the face, I know the voice. Where do I know him from? Because he's so recognisable, and it's because of the hair. 
I'm so used to seeing him as the bald drill sergeant that, or, or the, yeah. the the kind of the, the shaven sides drill sergeant. It's just like, yeah. but uh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a, a wild and varied career. I mean, I I most mm. notably remember him from Full Metal Jack, where he's the yeah. the drill instructor, or mm. the other end of his career. Uh, and the Frighteners, where he's the soldier. <laughs> drill, I knew you were going to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if if uh, if the Brits on Flicks podcast stuff is up still on still iTunes, uh, we, we did used to do a podcast called Brits on Flicks. We did review the Frighteners. It's a highly entertaining uh, review, uh, I, I must say. So, so go and check yes. that out if you want to hear me and Graham talk about the Frighteners, because because we had a we had a good laugh talking about that film. But um, certainly, yeah. So we, we we get the intro and then we're straight into uh, Scully looking over the body of the dead preacher, mm-hmm. and um, Mulder is is all about. Well, tell us what Mulder's doing in this, this sequence, by well, the thing is, Mulder's there fully expecting that this guy's a fake. Uh, yes. Mulder, Mulder's already, he's already in on it. Basically, he's been, yeah. he's been tracking a killer who's been uh, bumping off stigmatics, so-called yeah. stigmatics, um, and basically shows a complete disrespect towards Scully, as he is, yeah. as he is going to do throughout the, the majority of this episode, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, it's like he... a role reversal. Mm, yeah, and, and it's just like, but whereas I feel like Scully respects Mulder and shows him the due respect, I feel like in this episode Mulder doesn't do the same. Um, like he brings her here, fully knowing what he's walking into, what he's expecting, and yet he's clearly not told her, so she's she's out of the loop. In that regard, and I think knowing that she's a person of faith as well, you know, he, he yes. is her partner. He knows about her faith. I think knowing that information makes it even more disrespectful, given the circumstances of the case. Um, um, there's a, there's a lot that Mulder does. Whenever he believes in something, uh, Scully goes along with him, but she mm-hmm. rationalizes with proper yeah. reasons as to why she doesn't buy it or what she thinks it could be, and yeah. Mulder's just kind of like. No. <laughs> yeah. He's, just, he's, no. He's very scoffy at it. He's, uh-huh. just, he's like the petulant child in the back of the class yeah. who just mocks the person who's got up and said something. Um, yeah. There's no reasons. It's just his reason is just cause. Yeah. Yeah. Just cause. Um, yeah. So, but. Uh, so I, I do love. I do love when he mentions though. It's a. It's a weird line which I can't quite remember. But he's like it's a. Uh, international ring of religious murderers or something like that. It's, it's, <laughs> just this weird idea of like a globe-trotting religious killer. Mm, yeah, because it's... Um, so so I, I don't know where this idea come, came from, but I, 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 it, just in this episode, they mention this idea that at any given time within the world, there are 12 uh, confirmed kind of stigmatics, um, mm. you know, which, which obviously harkens to the 12 apostles. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. It's probably just complete bunkum. Um, but it's a great idea. But it's a great idea. It's something that's worth exploring in an episode of X-Files. Uh, so Scully brings that up. Not saying she believes it, but just that, mm. you know, th- that is an idea that's tossed around. I'm all just like... Pfft. Yeah. <laughs> 
he just literally says it's it's been widely discredited and he's just like yeah moving on so that that pretty so much why, tells why, you where Mul why is he even there he's already discounted that anybody actually has stigmata so it's, mm -hmm. there's nothing like that interests him there yeah why is he he's, going to that case yeah he's he's there to track the killer because don't forget Mulder is still a profiler Mulder is, yeah. you know, that that's that's how he kind of made his way up in the FBI as a, as a profiler. And even though he does like to go off on little jaunts with his X-Files and whatnot, he is, he is still one of the people that I would imagine an assistant director goes to and says, look, can you get, build us a profile of this case? We've got a killer, he's going around the world, doing whatever, we need a profile. So I would imagine Mulder has done a profile on this and just mm -hmm. out of... Just out of sheer casual FBI agent um, curiosity, he's, he's investigating it, which is why he's so nonchalant when he gets there. It's like, you can yeah. see he's not really invested. He doesn't care about yeah. the case. Other than, yeah, you know, let's get a killer off the streets. That'd be nice. But I don't think there's anything paranormal going on here. So, uh, but, so uh, we go from there to, uh, you know, this, this is after just hearing about the, the, the 12 stigmatics. Um, and knowing that this guy has killed 11. Uh, mm -hmm. So we get a, we, we go to a classroom setting and there's a boy in the class called Kevin who suddenly, uh, whilst, whilst sharing his gift with numbers, exhibits the signs of the stigmata. So uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's a nice classroom scene, I think, just because they... they they do some nice little character moments, whether it's with the teacher being a bit sarky with Kevin, whether it's the way Kevin gives some like looks to the kids around him. You know, he's a bit of a uh, hmm. maybe not so much troublemaker, but just he's, he's, he plays by his own rules kind of thing, you know, and, and the other kids kind of find him a bit funny. So you can understand why he plays up yeah. to that. So introduced to him, like he's kind of picking on somebody, you know, just a little bit of mild bullying. Mm. Uh, and then instantly the teacher shows him bullying wrong by bullying him in front of everybody, <laughs> <laughs> bringing him up to the front of the class. Yeah. So pre pretty much any any school really. Yeah, uh, really. So, so yeah, uh, so he so he shows the signs of stigmata, and then Mulder mm. and Scully come to see him. There's a social worker who's filled them in on his back. She fills him in on his background. Says that his father has been institutionalized yeah. because he believes that. You know that he believes that this stigmata stuff is real, whereas initially people thought it was him who was doing it, who was abusing his son. Yeah. Uh, but uh, in the end, he got institutionalized because he, he kidnapped his son, thinking that he had to protect him because he was chosen by God. Um, and then Scully, go, after this social worker kind of relays that information, Scully goes in and meets with the child, uh, tries to comfort him, and then he blows up a thermometer. Yes, <laughs> um, kind of weird scene. I, I this, this is where um, it starts to begin, like an almost uh, exposition dump here, mm. and, and scene yeah. after it with the mother as well. It feels as if they're just yeah. firing lots of information, um, and to be honest, none of it's particularly interesting. Um. It, it's not. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's necessary. I would say it's, it's necessary because hmm. because obviously I think any child who starts exhibiting the signs of the stigmata, I think immediately you're going to get 
because ultimately this the whole of this episode is it's really all about faith and is god speaking to us and if he is are we listening you know that, that yeah. that's the final line of dialogue in, in in the episode and that's that that's really the theme of the episode so i think this scene in particular plays really well into that theme because if you have a child that is exhibiting the signs of the stigmata i think in the day and age that we live in the first thing that people are going to be thinking is not is this kid exhibiting the signs of stigmata but is this kid's parents abusing him i yeah. think that would be the first thought that would jump into anyone's head even people of faith these days mm -hmm. um, and that that sets up right there this this notion that we live in a world where faith isn't the first go-to it is actually some other kind of more rational explanation so to speak so yeah um so yeah, so, I, so yeah yeah i just find it but we'll get to the parents when we get to them let's go move on to the next yeah. scene with the mother um, okay so so yeah so kevin's mum arrives and Mulder tells her that someone might be after her son social worker says that she wants to take kevin uh, back into the shelter until they find out what's going on which basically says we can't trust kevin in your hands because for all we know you could very well be the one abusing yeah. him uh, and understandably so the the mother uh gets really offended by that and has a bit of a go at her and it, it's a it's a tricky situation because if if you if this was a real world situation who do you root for like I, I could totally understand where the social worker is coming from but even yeah. so it never feels like a real situation like the mother character feels especially and the father character as well feel either underwritten or, or the performances are poor but i just i just don't buy the the, the responses that they have i totally agree with you on the father character i don't agree right. with you on the mother i, yeah, I find that i think the mother like a black hole of emotion there's just nothing there it's just like you're taking my son away <sighs> okay I, I, that's not what i saw at all i saw anger in her I, oh. I saw i saw her trying to contain because she's been through the ringer already she's been through this whole process at, at least at least twice um, for, you know when the when the father was originally arrested for it, and then again once he was institutionalised, uh, mm. and then she's had to fight to get a son. So she's angry. She's pissed off. She's sick of the social workers getting involved. Um, I you know she's and the fact that she has had to to put up a fight suggests to me that she's not going to be the kind of person that's going to go off in a corner and cry and start sobbing. She's she's stern. She's just she's she's switched off to it at this point. I would imagine. So, I, I just don't, I don't see anything at all from her. Um, right. Yeah. Okay, well, 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 I did, uh, but but I do agree with I do agree with you about the father. I, I you know, when we, when we get there, um, yeah. But um, so yeah, I, I do find the the, <laughs> the the social worker, and I don't know if it's just because I have kids and I can relate more with parents than I can with social workers, and because I've heard so many horror stories about social workers. But there is a point where she just comes off as really judgmental. Um, mm -hmm. Just the way she delivers a particular line uh, where it's just like, you, you could at least try to show a bit more kind of compassion there. That look, 
this is out of my hands this is i just have to do this because it's my job i'm not saying you did anything but it's just this is literally procedure this this is what i have to do just procedure so which there's no attempt really to do that it's just like very kind of she's very stern with this mother and i'm just like yes we're going to take him back into care and it's like i, I yeah yeah. Yeah, so after that, we go to the asylum. We yeah. see Kevin's father, who seems to be a, a kind of religious nut almost, and I feel mm -hmm. that he should be delivering some um, a kind of harbinger of doom. He should be creating a kind of atmosphere and dread to come, but it, it doesn't have that effect on me at all. No, I feel like he's a poor man's. What, what's the name of that actor who just recently died, who was in Midnight Run? Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin. I feel like he's a very poor man's Charles Grodin because uh, he looks a little bit like him uh, with a similar sounding voice, but none of the charisma. Uh, mm. And, and I, I feel like he's just, yeah, I think he, he they, they, they just say, look, you, you're a crazy guy. You've got these wacky theories. Um, run with it and and he's just yeah there isn't really a right lot there is it? again it's the, it's the exposition thing he is literally there to be basil exposition yeah. um but he doesn't really give us a right lot beyond you have to go full circle to find the That's truth right. um which, which is literally all he's he's there to do is to get something in so that later we can pick up on it and then later after that we can pick up on it again to show that hey perhaps god is talking to scully um yeah i i agree i agree he's he's not not the strongest it's, it, it, it's point. short in a nice fashion mm -hmm. it's kind of modulating that it just it feels as if it should be more atmospheric and leading towards some kind of you know horrific evil yeah you know, coming after yeah. the sun but it just never comes across that manner yeah which i i feel i feel like this guy should be quoting the bible more I feel like I feel like it should literally be full of kind of revelation prophecies and stuff. Fire and brimstone. Yeah, proper fire and brimstone. Um, but uh, yeah. Mm. So we, we go from there to a rather amusing scene in which Kevin is. So he's at the shelter and he's yep. telling horror stories to the boys that are in the home. Uh, and his imagination is kind of running wild. But as his imagination is running wild and he's telling this story, a character kind of comes into the home. He kind of yeah. fits the description that he's been building of the, of the character in his story. And yep. it, um, what's the name of this guy? Merriman, something yeah. Merriman. Uh, Berryman, Michael Berryman. Michael Berryman. So this is the guy from The Hills Have Eyes. Has a very strange yeah, look is. about him. Yeah, he's 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 basically, if you, if you want a weirdo, this is the guy you cast because he's got yeah. the look. Um, which, you know, poor guy, but... Hey, at least it gave him a career, I suppose. It's, it's, it's like either a mutant or a backwards dweller <laughs> or a cannibal. He's in all yeah. these kind of movies. He's just, yeah. um, he's, he's never the school teacher or guidance counsellor. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love the reaction of the kids when he comes in and they all just scarper. It's like, yeah. uh, it is at that point, obviously, in retrospect, it's fine. But at that point, I'm thinking, why the hell isn't Kevin getting the, getting the hell out of Dodge? Yeah. I'm like, why isn't he running like all the other kids? Because uh, I know I would be. Uh, but we yeah. get our answer to that question in the very next scene. Yes. In which the kids are giving a description uh, to Mulder of a man who looks like Gomez Adams. 
or as Mulder puts it, Homer Simpson's evil twin. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Kevin's mum turns up. And... Well, first of all, they've, they've definitely got a better sketch artist from the one uh, from <laughs> Jersey. <laughs> The Jersey Devil. When, when it brought it up, I had a feeling you'd bring up Jersey Devil. Uh, that, that picture is spot on. Is it is, yeah. Well, let's just say kids are better at giving a description than than tramps, <laughs> than yeah. drunken vagrants. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the kids give the description and Kevin's mum identifies the picture that is drawn as a man named Owen Jarvis, who came in to, yeah, basically as a handyman for them oh. once their dad went into, yeah, was incarcerated. Uh, so we go straight from there to Jarvis pleading well, that's, that's with. The, it's just, it's again, like this is the first of, is this the first of several kidnappings that, <laughs> that Kevin goes on throughout this episode. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot of kidnappings. A, a lot, lot of kidnappings. kidnappings. It's like, it's like they keep going like we'll look after you, and then they instantly turn their back, and he's gone, and it just kind of <laughs> works its way up the food chain. And again, the mother comes in, and just like your son's been kidnapped, and it's like I feel as if she's more sedated than the husband because it just it's just like <laughs> all right. Yeah, I I do think that in this particular scene, I say I don't agree with you about the previous scene. I do agree with you about this scene. I think she should be much more hysterical. I mm. think she should be tearing the place up, saying, you know, like... You, you were supposed to keep my kids yeah, yeah. safe. You took your child off me, thinking I was the one who was the danger to him, and you couldn't even protect him. Like, where is he? Get the f*** on him, like, you know, that, that like, mm -hmm. like any normal parent would. So yeah. I'll agree with you about this scene, but not about the previous scene. Um, so... So, so, so we go to, uh, we're in this attic at Kevin's house, or Jarvis's house, I should say, Owen Jarvis's house, and Jarvis is pleading with Kevin to trust him, um, which, you know, why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> He's got your teeth attic and locked yeah, 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 playing with uh, little Noah's Ark figures. Um, so he talks, uh, sorry, uh, Mulder and Scully show up and uh, kind of, Owen rather ineffectually goes down there with the shotgun, but yeah. immediately gives it up <laughs> when he gets down there. So you're kind of like, why even bother take it, mate? Uh, yeah. One can only one can only assume that he recognises these guys are FBI agents and not and not you know, yeah, uh, apostles of the devil. So he he he, yeah. he gives up his arms. But yeah, what I really love about this is when we jump to the next scene. Um, they're interviewing him on the scene. There's no other place around, and they've taken him all the way up into the attic to sit him down and talk to him. Like, it just seems like why is why is nobody else involved here? Where's the, the standard yeah. police sheriff that we well, hate? The, the the way I see it, you know, just just for the sake of rationalising it in my own head, Scully's just gone up there to search mm. for the boy. Mulder's got Owen, literally kind of takes him up with him to follow Scully. Um, Scully's still kind of mulling around looking for the boy. Uh, Mulder goes up with to the attic with him. Um, boy's not here. Okay, let's call for some backup. Sit this guy down, get him tied up, question him until, yeah. until the backup gets here. So I think we're just, we're, that's where we've come in to that moment. 
and we've never explained where um, Kevin has gone or how he got out of the house. It's just, it just, he's there one minute, Scully's about to come through, he's gone. Um, yeah. So, what do you think that's alluding to? I, I think that is God shielding him. I think that's divine intervention. I think now it does does raise the question. If if God is willing to step in at that point with divine intervention and hide him, why doesn't he do something, you know, hmm. at the factory? But then I guess at the factory, that's where Scully comes in, uh, and that's where God's kind of speaking to Scully comes in. And if she hadn't have acted in faith, then she wouldn't have got there, and and, and Kevin wouldn't have survived. But we'll get that. We'll get. Yeah. I'm, I'm jumping ahead. There's some things that I, I didn't really read into too much. I just didn't quite uh, understand or, or try to understand. But this was one of the sequences. There's another sequence later on that had me a little bit um, confused, I'd say, for a moment. But we'll get to that later on and we'll, we'll bring it back up. But yeah, okay. yeah I, 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 th I, think, I think this scene here with where, where they question Owen Jarvis is quite a key scene as well. Because, again, it, it's... So we've come in. We've come into the story where we live in a world in which actually faith isn't the first kind of response, but rather mm. you know blaming parents, trying to look for something more you know quote unquote logical, um, and then Owen Jarvis is is kind of along with the father who can just come off as a real crazy person. Owen Jarvis is is, a, is someone who this is the first like disciple kind of character mm. where actually no this this is someone who operates on pure faith and i think this scene kind of is really all about that and the, the question owen who says that god told him to protect the boy and he talks yeah. about what it is to have truth faith before jumping out of a window and vanishing and it's and, it, and he so what he does is he he shows commitment to his to his faith. Uh, you know, he, he's he's he does what he believes God is telling him to do, irrespective of what people think about him. And I think this scene really kind of is an instigator for Scully, in particular, because obviously she's a person of faith, but as we find out later on, she's not. You know, she's a Catholic. Mm. Confession's quite a big thing for Catholics. She hasn't been to confession for six years. So we see that actually, while she's a person of faith, that faith is, is something that's kind of maybe been on the back burner for a while. Yeah. Um, um, and I think... What, what, what is it that um, Owen says before he, he jumps out the window? Something about he just wants to die? He just wants it? to go to heaven. No, he just wants to go right. to heaven. Just so, to heaven. And then he, he jumps yeah. out the window pretty much face first. Yeah. Uh, hands behind his back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Messes up his looks a little bit because of the glass. Um, <laughs> not, but, he's not got a pretty face anymore. No, so yeah. he pretty much lands face first, I would, I would yeah. assume. I mean, yeah. that should kill him. Yeah, and then he instantly snaps the handcuffs from behind uh, his back. Yeah. Uh, is this showing... I mean, is this supposed to allude to the fact that he is chosen? He is allowed to survive the fall, allowed to free himself yes. to continue? I, I, I think so. I, th I think a lot of this episode hinges on divine intervention on on god moving pieces on the board um, mm. owen is a is a piece scully is a piece but it all hinges on, again it's it's that last line of dialogue is key to everything else that comes before it which is 
you know, I'm afraid. Afraid of what? That God is speaking, but nobody's listening. And it's 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 re- it, it, the whole episode is about faith. And it's like if 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 you if you get that slight inclination that perhaps God's saying something to you, and you don't act on it, then we're in, surely we're all in trouble. If everybody starts doing that, if everybody does that, if if they ignore yeah. that voice in their head that that could be God's voice, then we're in trouble, surely. And I think that's 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 the key to the episode, and it's what motivates Scully. It's what kind of it, it, what makes her respond. And I think her seeing Owen like this be someone who is such a fervent kind of. I believe in God. I believe God's speaking to me. And I'm going to act in that and nothing else. Um, I think that kind of drives Scully to mm. to go on. Um, uh, and, and obviously, the nature of of Owen's death, which we will get to in a minute. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll head there. But uh, yeah, so Ke- Kevin goes home, but his mum isn't there, and the the killer shows up to take Kevin, but Owen stops him. Uh, gives him, uh, gives it. Uh, sorry, gives his life in the process. So yes, yeah, so Owen kind of distracts the killer. Killer kind of yeah. has this way of burning with his yeah. hand. Um, and Mulder so, and Scully arrive to get Kevin, but are too late for the killer. The killer's yeah. gone. Kevin asks Scully if she is the one sent to protect him, uh, which I find that's, that scene is my my favourite scene in the episode. Is it? I feel as, yeah, yeah. I feel as if it's very atmospheric. Okay. Yeah, I love the music. I think the music is expertly done here. Mm-hmm. You've got the, the young boy. You know, there's there's weight. He's stuck in the house. Someone mm-hmm. is there. We know this killer is very very dangerous. Mm-hmm. And um, you have that kind of stalking scene where you know he's in danger, and you know the killer's getting closer. Uh, the, the the fact that he spots the, the wicker baskets stigmata as well. Um, yeah. And it just it builds up really kind of nicely. It's got a good bit of construction and atmosphere about mm. it. It feels yeah. like a well directed scene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I can agree with that. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the last line of dialogue in the scene is a bit cringy when the, when the, when Kevin just asks Scully, and I don't know if he's just in his delivery or what, but he's like, "Are you the one sent to protect me?" And he's yeah. like. As he steps over Owen's body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and next. Next. Okay. So Scully's autopsy suggests something supernatural about Owen. There's no yeah. decomposition and he smells of flowers, uh, which once again Mulder really dismisses with a same yes. mm, Owen. Right. Good one, Scully. Good yeah, one. But I, I, again, this is another scene that I, I really love because it's it's one of those um, hairs in the back of the neck sequences. Mm. You know, when something is, is fundamentally going against the way it should be reacting. You know, the yeah. dead body's not taking on yeah. any of the forms of what a de- dead body should. And that's yeah. that's just eerie. That's, that's not, not to mention Scully being the one who's perhaps buying into it and Mulder not being. That's, that's pretty yeah. eerie as well. So... Uh... Yeah, so 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 there is an there is a, an idea there that is that is put forward, that, and, and and like I say, Mulder kind of uses it in a rather mocking way, but Saint Owen, and not mm. not not the kind of saint that is that has been lifted up to that pedestal by you know by men, 
but rather mm-hmm. as in a genuine bona fide chosen by God saint. Uh, now, I, again, I, I don't know how much of this stuff, you know, the, the, uh, Scully mentions Saint Ignatius and again, Mulder kind of poo-poos it. Um, but some of these things were, were said to have been recorded when these people died, just about, you know, the, the whole decomposition or the lack thereof and this, that and the other. But it, but it, it yeah, basically it puts forward the idea that Owen was a man touched by God. Um, yeah. and, and that obviously feeds into Scully's belief system, starts to reawaken yeah. things. Yeah. I think there was one thing I wanted to mention about this sequence, and it's it says everything about Mulder that's wrong. It enters the room with the line, any revelations? <laughs> you know? Just, yeah. I mean, that's, that's it's, it's funny on one hand, but it's completely yeah. dismissive and mm-hmm. uh, demoralizing almost. It's, it's, um, it's gaslighting. Yeah, that's what it is. It's gaslighting. Um, I, I think I was trying to I was trying to think of that term in a previous episode. Um, but yeah, that, that's what it is. It's it's absolutely gaslighting, which is when somebody says something in such a way that it means that if you believe what you believe or, or want to say what you want to say, it instantly makes you feel like perhaps you're crazy. So yeah. the way he the way he walks into that room in such a dismissive manner, any revelations, you know, it bit, turns it into a bit of a joke. From that mm-hmm. point on, it would make Scully feel like anything she has to say from a faith perspective isn't going to be taken seriously. It's going to sound crazy, and I just I do I find it really disrespectful because yeah. the amount of times that Scully goes along with Mulder, she she you know she makes it clear that she doesn't believe what Mulder believes. But she comes at it from a logical standpoint. She doesn't mock him for, for what for what he believes. Uh, mm-hmm. So I do. I find Mulder to be a douchebag in this episode. Yeah, um, yes. So, but on, on the one hand, I like that because it's a genuine character flaw. You know, um, I, I I think that's just that's that's people for you. Pe- mm-hmm. People are like that. Uh, they don't always realize they're doing it. They don't mm-hmm. mean to. I, you know, I don't think Mulder is deliberately trying to offend Scully in any way, but he's not he's he's not reading the situation. He's not looking at where Scully's coming from with this and and as a result he's ending up gaslighting her. So Yeah. Um but anyway, so Mulder comes in and he he finds prints burned into Owen's neck that belong to a man named Simon Gates, who's a, a wealthy businessman um, who apparently was was in an accident that I believe killed someone, um, and he went off to basically travelled around the world to, to 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 find himself. I don't know, seek redemption, whatever. Yeah. Ended up in Israel, and suddenly came back as a uh, servant of Satan. <laughs> you know, as yeah. you do, <laughs> he went off to find yeah. God, came back as a servant of Satan. So uh, yeah. Um, so then, it, then he receives a call. Mulder receives a call saying that Kevin was seen in two places at once, uh, both with the social worker and with his mother. So yeah, 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 yeah. 
So, so, so <laughs> like my my reading of that is that the the second Kevin once again is 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 divine intervention. It's God putting people off the scent, um, you know, and helping Kevin to get with his mother. Um, right. Which and we get you know, we get to see it in action. Yeah. Uh, in the next scene, because we've got the breakdown of uh, Kevin's mother's car. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, divine intervention could have stopped that from overheating. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if I want to be like completely uh, moulderish yeah. about the whole situation. No, no, I, I get that. I get that. But I, but again, it, it's all about who God is speaking to. You know, like. This is the thing, it's like, because that's another thing that the, it's hard to talk about this episode without talking about the last scene, because I feel like everything is building towards that last scene. Like the priest that that Scully goes to see at the end says, because one of the big things for Scully in this episode, she has a really hard time with the fact that Mulder is not on board and can't get on board and is very dismissive, understandably so. But the priest drops this little bomb that perhaps it's not meant for him, you know? And he does raise that, that idea that sometimes God is speaking to specific people. And just because someone else can't hear what God is saying to you doesn't mean that God ain't saying it. It just means that it's not meant for them. It's meant for you. And I feel like this episode on the whole is Scully's journey. I, I think it, I think I think this... Um, I think it's 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 as much about Scully as it is about Kevin, and I feel like God is bring do God is working things out so that ultimately Scully comes into the picture, and ultimately that Scully has to act in faith. If Scully does not act in faith, the boy is dead. It takes her stepping out of her comfort zone, acting in faith, remembering who she is as a you know as a Catholic, as a follower of Christ. Um, to to save this boy. If she doesn't listen to that voice, if she doesn't follow it, then the boy's dead. So, so to me, that's really what this episode is about. So, yeah, I, I get what you I get what you mean. Well, if, but it, it's it's the same with anything, you know. If 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 God's so good, why does He allow bad things to happen? To which the answer is, well, why do we la allow them to happen? Um, you know, I, I don't want to get the uh, I won't turn this into a big sermon, but it, it, but 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 that's what the episode is about. It raises those questions. I think mm. I think it's I think it's perfectly reasonable for you to ask the question. Well, you know, if God if God's doing all these things where He keeps on doing divine intervention, why doesn't He just stop the car from breaking down? And my answer to that, purely as a person of faith, obviously you do not have to subscribe to this, but my answer to that is because the mother is not the one. Who, whose journey this is. Um, it's Scully's. And God is trying to get Scully back on team. And he can only do that if he if he moves the puzzle pieces so that Scully is in charge of looking after this boy. So, yeah, uh, that that's the way I reason it, uh, which I'm sure a lot of people just say is hogwash. But... <laughs> Getting a few calls, are we? A few texts. You okay? All good. Yeah, sorry, muted it. Um, okay, so we've got the breakdown car, um, yep. and we've got uh, the CEO of Doom who arrives 
um, <laughs> to, to help her uh, and he's been all kind of weird and undoes the, the gas the, the radiator cap without mm-hmm. anything to protect his hand from the steam yeah just just showing that he's i don't know, weird and, and strange <laughs> and, and yeah there's, there's clearly, clearly something be... not right about this guy um yeah. yeah there is something about him though where and it's because of the line of dialogue that he has that i i feel there is a genuine sense in this guy of i don't know of sadness that the world isn't a better place mm-hmm. and i feel and and this is this this is an idea that carter will revisit in the series millennium mm-hmm. um now the, the obviously that that was set before the turn of the millennium and it was about this group called the millennium group and ultimately their master plan was to try and make the events of Revelation happen as soon as possible. Not because they were evil, but because from their perspective, the sooner the world ends, the sooner that you know God comes back, Jesus comes back and, and, and sorts everything out, then surely the better for all of us. So it, 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 it's like a twisted logic in which they almost side with the devil in order to make something godly happen a bit sooner. And I feel like that's where this guy is coming from. And I, I, I feel like it, it, it tells us a lot about. Because um, let's not forget this. This guy, you know, he killed someone accidentally, and then he went off to find himself. You know, he, he was he was clearly disturbed by that. He was clearly upset by that. So I, I feel like that has fed into this notion that actually. You know, if 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 God is going to end it all, if He's going to come back, and, and you know, there's going to be a, a second coming, so to speak. The sooner that happens, the better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I don't know if I'm just reading too much into that, but that I get that sense just from what we know about this guy's history and the lines of dialogue he uses with this woman here. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, but yeah. Uh, sure, if that's what you get into, I just get it as a big. This is the is the antagonist part. He's just there to drive the story forward and be all devilish and killer kind of thing. Uh, but this but this point, I, I mean, it should be said. I've I've kind of checked out the episode. Okay. Uh, a little bit. Okay. So 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 I'm, I'm I'm okay. So I know where you stand on this one. So okay. Um. All right. So uh. So so we see a second Kevin, which. You know, yes. From my perspective, divine intervention, all that. Um, yeah. well, we do get the awesome scene of the CEO pushing Kevin's mum unconscious. <laughs> just face plants on the floor. Just just... <laughs> and she's out. <laughs> yeah. You know what it reminds me of? <laughs> reminds me of the end of Batman Returns when the penguin just goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she just goes splat on the floor. Uh-huh. But um, so. Yeah, so he goes running after this this other version of Kevin, um, mm-hmm. who then vanishes, and Kevin's mum has managed to start the car at this point uh, because thankfully Simon managed to cool it down, cool the engine down, yeah. um, and then yeah, she hits him with it, hits him with the car, nice little stunt there, uh, mm-hmm. but then she crashes and dies, <laughs> she dies, <laughs> which is bizarre. I was not expecting that. Even nope. even as even as someone who's seen this episode quite a few times, it's, it's been it's been a while since I've seen it. I forgot yeah. that she died. I forgot yeah. that they were so heartless that they say, "Nope, 
mother's gone um which which i think is is again it's another kind of ink stamp on mm. that idea that this isn't the mother's journey at this no. point it's no longer the mother's role to save the son it's scully's yeah. um yeah, it's, it's, and if scully wouldn't take that up uh personally they're going to kill everybody else that can possibly protect the kid until she <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, my well, they're safe already because they had faith anyway, so they know where they're going. Mm. Um, but uh, here we go. So, yeah, so we learn that the mother has died. Police are there, ambulance are there. Kevin's sat in the back of the car, um, says it's because he's different and he doesn't want to go back to the shelter. To which yeah. Scully suddenly decides, well, you don't have to then, you can stay with <laughs> us. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how kosher that is. How, no, you know? I wasn't 100% sure either. Yeah. But... <laughs> Pretty sure the social workers would have something to say about that. Um, yeah. But but I guess they could they could argue that you know he's part of the case, so they're, they're taking him for questioning. They don't, yeah. they don't necessarily, like, you know, like you, you've already lost him once. We can at least look after him. <laughs> he doesn't get kidnapped. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, they take him back to the hotel room, and we get what is, what is my favourite scene, I guess, or what one of my favourite scenes of the Scully episode. watching a young boy undress. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that scene. Um, but the scene in which Scully basically calls Mulder out on his BS. Right. Um, so he's being again really dismissive and stuff. So they go to the hotel. Scully sees more signs of the stigmata on Kevin. She brings it up with Mulder, who once again dismisses it. So Scully calls him out on his BS, yeah. saying that he goes out on a limb every day, but that when it comes to evidence of a miracle, he flat out denies it. And and mm. I'm and I feel like th th this is a step in in Scully's journey, which is that actually when people do call you out on it part part of that journey is to say actually no i believe it you don't have to believe it but i do and i think you know that that's part of what faith is 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 standing up and saying look this is what i believe i'm not going to force it on you i'm not asking you to believe it i believe it but if if you're someone who you know when somebody mocks your belief system and you don't stand up to that you don't say no actually enough then, then it, in in many ways, it shows that you don't you don't really you, you, you don't really have enough faith to to, you know. Yeah, I mean, in my in my notes here, I've just put Mulder uh, is the pot calling the kettle black. Everything yeah. you know, he's just he's just Big time. He, yeah, it's, it's, Big time. it's just I don't like this Mulder no, at all. No, you know, no. um, from someone that will pretty much take the. The word of a, a down and out drug addled liar that they've seen something extraterrestrial rather than someone he's worked <laughs> with for years that, that mm. they have a belief system you know it just that doesn't strike me as the right Mulder it, it mm. feels wrong yeah yeah you know, he's, he's smarter um, than that he's not yeah. he's not a smart mouth and dismissive just just because you know yeah. he's not that type of person it feels like a different kind of Mulder in this episode yeah, it does. But then we have also we have already seen this from Mulder before um, in one of our favorite episodes, which was Beyond the Sea. Mm. And I do think it is a thing with Mulder that actually 
he's he is dismissive of things of a spiritual element mm -hmm. but not of an extraterrestrial one um and i think that is the difference between these two characters scully is spiritual but scientific mm. Mulder is not spiritual but he is a person of belief of faith it's just not in it's, it's not in something of a uh, yeah. you know spiritual nature so <clears throat> Kevin is kidnapped again yeah. <laughs> again yeah but, but uh, I did yeah but I did like that Scully stood up to him that that was what yeah, that was yes. my takeaway from that scene so yeah so Ke Kevin's taken from the bathroom in 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 a scene that it, it, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a funky breakout isn't it because we, we see this yeah. guy burning through the bars uh-huh now not a big what, window. no it's not a big window so once and... he's burned through those bars he's got to smash the window now presumably that's the point at which Mulder and Scully hear mm. you know because they hear it um, then he's got to get in the window, grab Kevin, push Kevin out the window, get out the window himself, and be gone in the time it takes. Yeah, lock, yeah. Lock, so he locks the door. Then he grabs Kevin, shoves him out the window, go out in the time that it takes Mulder and Scully to go. Hey, what was that noise? I don't know. Let's check the door. Oh, it's locked. Bash it in. Boom. Yeah, not buying it. No. <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. buying it. <laughs> I, I'm just not buying it. That guy gets through the window. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, lose a few pounds first, mate. There's no yeah, way you're getting through that. Like I think, I think the kid could just a bit get through it, but <laughs> there's no way. Um, unless it was, unless the, the door was locked by some uh, other mm -hmm. element. I, I do love that that Mulder starts being all Mr. Rational though. It's like, hmm, he must have used an acetylene blowtorch to get it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's like the, the amount of like ridiculous explanations you've yeah. pulled over the years, Mulder, and, and seriously, like you just you're just ignoring everything that he's yeah. right in front of you. This this guy we're supposed to believe he's he's been sat there with a blowtorch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's too rational to have been. It's, it's either a blowtorch or an extraterrestrial heat ray. That's the only two things it could possibly be. The, the heat ray would be more rational at this point. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so, the, so uh, Scully says that they should go back and visit the father because yeah. um, he, he was the only one who, you know, who said that that somebody was after the boy so yeah. it stands to reason that perhaps he's got more to offer so they go back to him he seems more emotive than the last time <laughs> even though he's drunk <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he's more emotive this time even though he's been completely doped up yeah um so that they go they question him and you know the, the father the father's been doped up so he's of little help but as they go out of as they come as they come out of the room uh, which, which again, it kind of means that this this scene is is a little bit defunct. They could have got to the circle on the bin scene without having to go back to the father, I guess. Yeah. But th but they, but it it just it just brings back the idea of full circle to find the truth. Which mm -hmm. you know, if we were paying attention, we, yeah. we didn't need we didn't need a second reminder. Um, so Scully I, sees I this. I don't like this. The 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 bin. The, yeah, the, just the would it, I the, just don't the, like the event. No, I I didn't like it when when she spots it 
because I'm yeah. like, whoa, come on, you, you're pulling that one out of your ass, Scully. Yeah. But it's once it's revealed that Simon, um, the, the, the killer guy, Simon, the rich guy, actually owns a recycling factory nearby, yeah. then I get I get why she's made that. I get why she's made that that journey, but but yeah, it it is it is a very thin thread. She said she says it there. No, but so when, previously did we have it previously, or is it just in that moment? Uh, well, well, we knew that he was a businessman. We knew that he was a successful, very rich businessman. Mm. Um, we didn't quite know what business he was involved in until Scully oh. drops the bomb there. Whoa, recycling company, man. So, yeah, so she sees the full the full circle thing. It's a bit wishy-washy. It's a bit like, you know. But again, it's that idea that she Scully, Scully has to be the one who steps out into faith. She has to be the one who says, this could be stupid, but it could also be God speaking to me. Should I follow it and see where it leads or should I ignore it? And she steps out into faith. Uh, so regardless of whether it's silly or whatever, that how they get there, that's really what it's symbolizing. So mm -hmm. I go along with it uh, right. for the sake of the story. Um, <clears throat> so Mulder, who obviously isn't buying it at all and thinks Scully's crazy at this point, decides to go to the airport, which is where Simon has been spotted. So he disappears. Uh, and then we go to the recycling plant where Simon, for so, for whatever reason, after finding the one genuine stigmatic that he's been looking for for so long, decides, and I don't know if it's just because he's a kid, he's struggling to kill him or whatever, he's deciding to do the old Scooby-Doo evil villain kind of speech, you know, yeah. he's trying to convince Kevin that it that he has to die and all that. And Yeah. So, I mean, he, he kidnaps him from the motel. He could have killed him at any point from there, yeah. all yeah. the way to. Um, yeah. Are we assuming that he went to the airport, which is why there's been a sighting because he tried to hire a car? Well, either, yeah, because well, it can't be, the, yeah, can't be divine intervention, uh, satanic intervention. I don't know yeah. that that's so, the thing. But, um, so he's got the kid, took the kid to the airport, tried to hire a car to take him somewhere else to kill him with his heat hands. And yeah. Then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. It just it's, it's yeah. all over the place, and then Scully bursts in, and he kind of drags Kevin away. But rather than just killing him at the bottom of the stairs, he decides to try and throw him over the shoulders and awkwardly carry him up. Yeah. To, I mean, it's just like you know, you're real, you're real stigmatic. You're getting a worse death than just he. Yeah. You're, you're, He's going to kill himself and take Kevin with him. Um, yeah. So a murder Most suicide. Most ridiculous murder suicide. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> it's like it's like somebody just had an idea. Like, I want to see someone get ground up. I want, I want to. Yeah. I want to see someone in a grinder. That'd be yeah. really gnarly. That'd be really gnarly. That would. Let's let's do it. That's that's, mm -hmm. that's that's a good way to off someone. So yeah, and and they just yeah. I, I this whole climax for me just feels clunky. Feels yeah, really, I, I really clunky. I find it the, the, the way it's shot and edited. I don't know if I missed something, but you don't really see what happens with Kevin and, and uh, CEO of Doom. They're kind of struggling at the top of the the grinder, and then it cuts to Mulder uh, Scully rushing up. Is that right? Well, no, he he throws so. Uh, you, you, yeah, you do see it. So uh, Simon yeah. grabs Kevin, and then kind of just jumps jumps backwards right. into the grinder. So then when we go up there and we, we look over the edge, we see that Kevin's managed to 
grab hold of something. Strong boy, strong, strong boy, must be said. Because yep. if Simon, this fully grown man, has got hold of him and he manages to not only grab something, but I was saying that, saying that, my two-year-old just two days ago fell through the climbing frame that we've got and literally caught the bar and then hung there, which I was really impressed by. But that's, yeah, yeah he didn't have a fully grown man kind of pulling him down at the same time. So, uh, yeah, it, it again, how much divine intervention is it? See, my problem with this scene, my biggest problem, besides it being clunky, is that, like, for me, this whole thing was a, was about a journey for Scully um, and about how she is the boy's protector. She is the one who needs to save him. But I don't really feel like she has saved him. I feel like she's got there. Okay, saved she's... Himself. Yeah, he's saved himself. Like, the guy's tried to throw himself into a, to a meat grinder and... and well, I mean, I guess ultimately God saved him. You know, you look at his divine intervention, God saved him. But but but, but he's still made Scully go on this journey. Scully's acted in faith. It's led her to the boy. But really, it's not about her saving the boy. It's about God saving the boy. Where she comes into it, it's, it's her journey of faith. You know, uh, it's, it's all about her rekindling that faith that has been on the, the slide, been on the wane yeah. for a few years. So... Yeah, it's just it's just done really clunkily, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, so, we, a couple more scenes we get. Again, there's another cringe line of dialogue at the end of that scene where the boys, where where Kevin says, "I knew you'd come." And I'm just like, yeah. oh, shut up, shut up. Just... It, it suddenly seems to have turned into like Neo at the end of the Matrix. He's like super <laughs> calm and all knowing. Like, yeah. that came from? Yeah. Yeah. So Scully says goodbye to the boy, um, and you know asks if she thinks they'll ever meet again. And the boy says they will. Like, at that point, I don't really care about him. Uh, yeah. But uh, she tells Mulder that she's got an errand to run, and that errand is confession. Turns out she's not been to confession for six years. We see how important it is for her that Mulder believes as she does. Um, she doubts herself when he doesn't, which is which is a really interesting part of her character, I think. Um, and then the priest says that maybe it wasn't, maybe it was only meant for her. And she says she's afraid that God is talking, but that no one is listening, which is really what the whole episode is about for her for her character. So, already knowing where you're going to stand on this. Wrap it up, Graham. Uh, okay. Give us your final thoughts and score. Go. Um, I, I found this one a real chore to get through. I wasn't super interested in the story. I found Mulder to be completely just a douchebag in this. I kept feeling that the conversations <laughs> that Skilly and Mulder were having were just repetitive. It was the same argument over and over again with nobody uh, really buckling, or Mulder not buckling in any way. A lot of contrivances, which you could say is divine intervention, but I say contrivances. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I found it just bland. Um, right. I wouldn't say like it was. It's not one of the worst episodes. It's, it's mm -hmm. not. It just wasn't one that really grabbed me and held my attention. Even watching it, I, I found myself waning. 
a little bit, which is probably how I missed uh, the, the bodies getting thrown into the grinder at the end. Um, I think I think I'm going to be generous and give it a two point five out of five. Okay, um, but that's that's being generous. I think. All right. Uh, I. Here's the thing, I can totally understand that position uh, and respect it because I do think that, as, as we've said before with various episodes throughout this series, um, you know, Chris Carter is a person of faith. He, 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 tries, he tries to get that into the show. Uh, Frank Spotnitz, who's a big producer on the show, he's not a person of faith and he does everything in his power to, to tone those elements down. Um, and I think there is a constant constant battle in the show for, for those ideologies. Uh, and I think this episode is a perfect example of that. Um, I, I don't think it's a perfect episode. I, mm. I, I think it's got flaws. I think it could be clearer in some of the things that it does. Uh, but again, as a person of faith myself, I do think it speaks to me. I, I, I get something out of it that perhaps mm. I wouldn't get if I wasn't a person of faith. And for me, it's, it's Scully's journey. I get your criticism about Mulder not buckling, but for me, that's life. You know, people, people who don't believe it can be like that, where they just, they're adamant, it's, you know, it's a load of bollocks, I don't believe in it, this, that, and the other. But the important thing about that aspect of this episode is not that Mulder doesn't buckle, it's that Scully doesn't let his worldview sway her and that she's able to stand up to him and say no actually you know what faith accordingly so so i like scully's journey in this episode i like the scene between her and the priest at the end i think it's very it's quite chilling in many respects just that notion that yeah if god is speaking and no one is listening where does that leave us um i'm going to give it a 3.5 mm -hmm. out of 5. I think it could be better. It could have handled some things much better, but it speaks to me. So, yeah. Yeah. It, that, that's, that's the thing. I'm, I'm not opposed to um, the religious episodes if it does mm. it right. Like, Beyond the Sea, yeah. I think, handles it really well, yeah, uh, especially yeah. with the elements of her father in that one yeah. as well. Um, it's just because I, I, I wouldn't say I'm overly religious at all i i find when it, i don't i don't feel it's got a straightforward narrative for me i, yeah. I find it a little bit wayward um yeah. and and then there's like a typical moment where at the end where she's at confession <laughs> and she's like do you believe in miracles father and he's like i see miracles every day and, <laughs> up, and i'm just like oh that's that's what i imagine like you know when i think it's, of these yeah, things it's, it's the pat answers in it it's the pat answers yeah. but i do like that she corrects him on it and says no yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. i'm she not does. talking about just... stuff i'm talking about things that defy uh -huh. rational explanation um but, but so it's, it's yeah even that, little, that, that line of like you know baby's born and, and sunrise and everything i'm just like oh god <laughs> <laughs> and, <you> know, <laughs> oh man right okay so I'll try my best on this one, Brian. The next episode, the episode 12, War of the Corpophagus? Corpophagus? No idea. No <laughs> idea. This is, this is the, one, one of the few episodes over the years that I've, I have no idea how to pronounce, and I, right. I don't care. It's just, well, I'll tell I you what, I, 
when I was looking I, up I, the I call, I call it. Saw, sorry, on you go. <laughs> I just call it War of the Cockroaches, which is basically what it's really about. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I've always said cofrophages or cofrophages right. or cofro. It's 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 a stupid word. I guess, but cofrophages, yes. But but it is a Darren Morgan episode. Right. Right. Okay. Right. So, well, I, I, when I was looking up the title, I saw a little like sentence, and uh, it just said "battle against cockroaches," and I was like, <laughs> "I, I'm in. <laughs> so, I'm so ready for it. I'm excited. I, I need this. Mm. I feel like we've had a couple of big um, legacy episodes, episodes. Yeah, and yeah. then a kind of religious one. And I, I want a monster of the week. <laughs> okay. It's, it, it, it's. Again, as I say, it's a Darren Morgan episode. So take yeah. the monster of the week aspect with a pinch of salt. It's 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 more about the humour, the comedy, about about Great. Yeah. Um I, I will say that I I as I remember it, I would say it's Darren Morgan's weakest episode of right. I, I think I think I think he's done seven over the course of the series. But maybe, I I, maybe a few, but... I feel from this guy that even his weak episodes are going to be better than a lot of yes. the filler episodes that they get. Yes. So just just yes, the feeling definitely. I get. Definitely, so, definitely yes. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm super uh, excited. So, yeah. That. So don't don't expect Clyde Brookman level or mm -hmm. Humbug level, but de definitely expect better than your average kind of. Good. Good. Episode, yeah, so. I, I, Humbug was my number one episode of last season, so. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with it. So thanks for listening, as always, and we'll see you next week for a War of the Cockroaches. That's what, that's what we're going to call it. <laughs> see you. Bye. You've been listening to The X-Files Revisited. Please join us next time when we dissect another episode of this classic series. If you like what you've been listening to, please don't forget to click subscribe and also leave a rating and a review. It really does help us to get seen. If you'd like to hear or see more from Graham, please visit Man V Film on YouTube. Likewise, if you'd like to hear or see more from Brian, then please head over to Brian Lomax Movie Talk, also on YouTube. All that's left for us to do is to thank you for listening. And until next time, trust no one.